So I thought it would be kind of fun um, because you guys were here for the Bethel students as well as Cheryl. Did you guys have anything you want to share that that happened? Something, uh, just something that you've never experienced before that might have happened? You want to share any of that? And that's you guys and Cheryl as well, and Emily, Ethan. I won't ask those guys. And you don't have to feel like on the spot if I give you this, but just just for the recording's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, well, a couple things happen actually, but. Um, Oh, I get stage fright, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, I had one gal come up to me, and um, she said that she kept hearing the word womb over and over again. And she was afraid to tell me because she was like, that's kind of out there. Um, but when I stood up, when I think he said, like, anyone 25 and under or something like that to stand up, and um, so we stood up, and she was like, oh, are you standing in place of your kids? And I was like, no, I don't have any kids. And she was like, oh, she's like, well, this is kind of like, um, I don't know, a personal question, but are you able to have kids? And I was like, well, not really. Like, the doctor said that um, I have PCOS, so it's really, really difficult for that to happen. And um, she was like, well, God told me womb for you and he she was like I believe that God wants to heal your womb and so she prayed for me and then started speaking all these prophecies over our life and it was just really crazy and then um that gentleman I think he was from like Switzerland or something I don't remember his name yeah he actually was going to pray over him but he asked if he could pray over me as well and he was like I keep um hearing like a hole in your right ear and he's like, do you have, like, problems with your hearing or anything? And I was like, well, I don't think so. Like, I've never had anything diagnosed or anything. And I was like, I mean, I usually watch TV with subtitles on or um, when people talk to me, a lot of times I, like, mishear what they say. And I was like, but that's, that's it. And he was like, well, can I pray for you? And I was like, sure. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he prayed for me. And I, he was like, did anything change? And I was going to say no. And right when I went to say no, I was like, wait a second. It sounded like loudspeakers were turned on all around. And I could hear everything perfectly clear. And I was like, I didn't even know I had a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty cool. Do you want to say anything? Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> That's amazing. What about your man there? Does he have anything to share? You don't have to, but. Well, he's getting right here, too. Okay. Wait, no. Don't like that. We're just going to pretend we're in our living room. Um, <laughs> whoa. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of like recently that I actually had been um, started going to church and everything. Uh, really, since we got married, um, I had actually, uh, I don't know, be believed in God, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyways, so I kind of talked to a couple of them about it, and um, I forget her name. But uh, she had asked if uh, Jonathan would, uh, could pray for me. And uh, so uh, towards the end, as we were getting ready to leave, he wound up coming up to me and just kind of praying for me. And uh, I'm not going to get into detail, but, like, it, it was insane. Like, as these thoughts were going through my head, 
his prayer was literally in sync with what was going on inside my head. Like, like, um, like, yeah, question mark on, on my, on my beliefs and everything. And, um, what, what else was it? It was like, uh, like reg regrets or something. Anger towards yeah. Anger towards myself. And it was like literally as on par with my, my thoughts. And it was, I just thought it was insane. And, uh, I seen like where people, as they were getting prayed for, they start to like kind of like fall over. And that was the first time I actually experienced that sensation. It was actually insane. So, yeah, I was like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> he, he was telling me, he was like thinking that they were faking it until they prayed over him and he actually felt the Holy Spirit. And it was, it was, he was intense. Like, okay, that wasn't fake. Like, that was real. It's for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was. Oh, it was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, I was super, she, I was jumping off walls when we got home. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so what does that, how, what does that tell you about God when that kind of thing is happening? Like, what did that do for you as far as um, understanding of his presence, the, the realness of, of him being there? It honestly just kind of made me want more. <laughs> Like, uh, um, but there's more. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for not being shy with the microphone. No, oh, no, you did. Oh, well, just, just fan yourself. <laughs> Sometimes that's a, a, a sign, you know, actually, of the presence, or it could just be, you know, a little bit of, just a, a short, like, two-second, well. 20 second story I used to be so nervous in groups that I would always be in the back row always on the back corner and if I felt like people were even looking my direction I would start to sweat and then when God pulled me out of that comfort zone into like sharing my testimony in a youth group I was just like I could just feel sweat dripping down so I felt like the spotlights for me it was just self-consciousness it's not always that for everybody. Sometimes it's just nervous or being shy, but I was overly like worried about what people would think. God just he got rid of all that. He totally turned me inside out. Yeah, started with <laughs> He kept giving him opportunity to get over it. Like Yeah, at church. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm like I get distracted really easy and so if I'm sitting in the back I'm watching what everyone's doing and not like getting like focusing and so I'm like, let's go sit in the front. So <laughs> we started sitting in the front, and then he would get opportunities to share and stuff. And then just after a while, you just got over it. So, yeah. So do you have anything from Sunday? Oh, come on. I totally did. I kind of like doing that. Okay, it's just, it's just I know, but. That's okay. Um. I'm not being recorded. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Good. Like that. Like, oh, anyway. Um, so this one lady who was standing over there, you know, I was kind of walking around. It's like, okay, somebody come talk to me. <laughs> and um, oh, it's, it's hard to explain it, but she just started telling me what, how God was so proud of me. And I'm going to get emotional. And um, just everything in my walk lately is just, I've gotten so close 
to God and all these things. And, and it's like she's telling me how he's feeling about me. You know, he's proud of me and he loves you and he sees what he's doing. And it was just, it was awesome. And then she, and then she says, are you a teacher? I'm like, yeah. So, and she says, and God sees how you are with those children. And it's just, you know, it was just good stuff. Yeah, she called out my profession and all these, just everything that's been happening in my life. You know, and God's seeing this, and he knows, and he loves me, and he's seeing it. It just made me feel so good. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was great. Yeah, that's all I can really remember. Cause it, no. It's her art. Her art. Ethan, do you have anything you want to share? No? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That's good. Good. Nora, do you want to share anything? Oscar? Okay. So one thing that Angelo shared, we can't have it yet. No. Um, the Angelo called out that I actually forgot to mentioned to him that we were already having the works is um, being a training center because we really want to train and equip people and um, during the week like have classes during the week which we're hopefully going to start up in April or May do eight week track of something and um, and then a healing center too we want to be able to have inner healing here and healing what is it? a healing room at some point too, like once a month or something. So it was really cool to hear him call that out because it's like, okay, just confirmation that we're on the right track and doing what we're supposed to. So that's really fun. If you don't know what a, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't know what a healing room is, back in, I don't know what year it was, early 1900s, there was a guy named John G. Lake who uh, ended up it, based in Spokane, and he started this whole healing movement. Spokane was known as uh, America's healthiest city. People from all around the country would come there to get uh, healed. And they still use his materials now to train people. They call it um, DT something. There's, there's a couple letters for the training. It's just their... Uh, their instructions on how to activate people and to go after divine healing. And so based on his ministry, they started an international network of healing rooms. So a lot of churches will open up their space for one day a week or once a month, and they can um, go through the basic training of what the healing rooms should do, kind of a format. And then they open it up and you just kind of hang out and wait pray over your room and wait for people to come in. People will find out where you're at. They'll hear, they'll come with the need for physical healing or emotional healing or deliverance, whatever it is. And so that's part of what we want to do is just 
you know, healing is central to the gospel. When you look at the ministry that Jesus did, he healed everybody. I mean, it was the center of his message was the kingdom of heaven is, is here. It's at hand. And he demonstrated the kingdom of God. So we know when healings happen, are happening, it's a demonstration of what is in heaven being released here on earth. Something from the supernatural realm breaking into the earthly realm. And that was what Jesus taught us to pray. You know, he's like, this is how you should pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done here in the earth just as it is in heaven. So Jesus did it. We should uh, make it a priority in Christianity to go after healing. Like healing shouldn't be once every six months. You know, someone had a you know a little body ache that you know got prayed for and how they're healed. Like healing should become really normal for the church. So that's something that we want to go after. It's something that our stream that we're a part of goes after. So physical healing and inner healing. We want to see people who are stuck. A lot of times you have in the church people who just get stuck. They know Jesus, they come into a relationship with him, but there's just things. You know, we, we have a lot of <clears throat> wounds and things that we pick up over the years. And a lot of times those, those wounds that we get from people, you know, it could be parents, could be siblings, friends, could be you know, your coworkers, your boss, could be anybody. It could be your pastor. Um, sometimes you get a wound. Sometimes people say things and it really hurts and it could be intentional or it could have been just like they didn't even know they were doing it. It could just be the way you perceived the way they were speaking to you. You took offense and, and it goes in. And it, so sometimes those wounds, they're like, they like have hooks on them and they just get in you and they, you don't know how to get them out. You're a Christian, you're reading the Bible, you're praying. Sometimes you could just talk to God and he'll, he'll tell you. Be like, yeah, just forgive that person, and then you can get freedom on your own, you and Jesus, with your Bible, put on some Christian music on the radio station, whatever it is that you end up doing. Most of us, God meets us in that place, in that private, quiet time all the time. But sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we have an issue that we don't even realize that goes way back into childhood. You know, maybe you have a father wound or a mother wound. Um, most of us have those because our natural parents are not perfect. And so we get a wound. Just ask my kids. They could probably tell you. <laughs> I've had to ask them to forgive me lots of times. And, uh, you know, it's just part of life. We're imperfect. We make mistakes. And it's really good for parents to go to their children and ask them to forgive them and uh, admit that we are weak and we make mistakes. You know, a lot of parents will never never ask their children to forgive them awesome cool towel is on the way um so we want to see people get free and inner healing is basically just setting up an environment a, an atmosphere a place where people one-on-one -on -one, or maybe with like a couple people who know how to help people get free can sit with a person and say hey let's just let's just walk through some things you know it's when you use the tools of heaven to help bring freedom to somebody, you can really find out quickly what the issue is without being a psychic. You know, it's not like Christian psychic stuff. It's, it's actually just the Holy Spirit, like what you guys experienced. It's the Holy Spirit speaking into a person's heart to help a person who's stuck to get free. 
And our, our, our inner healing method would be, we, we want to use Bethel Church's inner healing tools, and they call it SOZO, the SOZO tools, SOZO ministry. And basically, it's, it's not a person telling you what they hear God say, like the prophetic people did a couple weeks ago. It's more, they're hearing God say stuff, but they don't want to hear God for you. They actually want you to be able to hear God. So they'll go based on what they're kind of sensing in the spirit, and they will ask you questions like, is there anybody you need to forgive? Let's just pray for a minute. Let's just ask the Lord to show you, is there anybody you need to forgive? And God will show you. Forgiveness is like on the top of his list of things for his children, his sons and daughters to do, is to stay free of bitterness and unforgiveness. So if you go to God personally and ask him, is there anyone I need to forgive? He will show you a face. You may actually hear a name. However he speaks to you, the one thing I can promise you all is that he will speak to you. You may not recognize the way he speaks to you, but he will actually speak to you, and he wants to talk to us. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, you know, and they won't follow a stranger. So part of the, the journey is ex- experiencing and discovering how we hear God and in the place of worship, which we're going to do in a few minutes here, in the atmosphere of worship when we begin to lift up our voices and lift up our heart to heaven and offer ourselves to God in worship, the presence of God is drawn to that, and in his presence, we begin to hear even more clearly. So I would expect even tonight as we worship that God, you might think you're getting distracted by th- things that are coming to mind, but it, it could be things that God's just showing you. So don't ever be afraid to take a phone out and quickly type something up, you know, write down a name, someone that you need to talk to or pray with, you know, someone you need to reach out to, and then just put it back in your pocket and continue worshiping. But our, our heart would be for the inner healing work is that we would help a person to hear God for yourself who you need to forgive, and what lies you're believing about yourself, about God, about people, or about your circumstances. It's kind of broken into four areas. God, yourself, others, circumstances. Usually we believe lies when we have worry or fear or we're trying to comfort ourselves with stuff that's unhealthy. Usually it's because we have a lie that we're believing based on one of those areas. So, like, if I'm constantly feeling guilty all the time, like God is far away and he wants to punish me, I know he does. I know I can't feel his presence because I, I did something wrong or I watched that movie or I listened to that joke or whatever. You, know, you can just make the list. Drink too much wine one night, you know, whatever. Ate too much. It could be all kinds of things. And I could start to believe a lie about God. Does he really love me? Am I really forgiven? And those lies, the enemy wants to bring lies in, and they're like hooks. They get into us, and they want to take root, and they want to become the lies um, of the enemy. The enemy wants those lies to become like a castle, like a fortress inside of your thinking. And the further away from God... In your, in your understanding of him and yourself and others and circumstances, the more you believe lies about all of reality, 
the more his kingdom is being built inside of your, your mind. And really, it comes down to the battle is, is between your ears. That's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So it's, it's a matter of being renewed in the way we think, changed in the way we think, thinking more like Jesus, you know, thinking God thoughts, and ripping out lies, tearing out lies. In fact, let's just do this. Oh, I can't. That's okay. We'll, we'll see if we get to it later. There's a good scripture that I actually had uh, pulled up for that very thing. But inner healing basically is about taking time with God, allowing him, asking him questions, and allowing him to show you areas of lies. If it's not a lie that you're believing, then maybe there's a possibility of a door being opened. And so part of the inner healing ministry is um, discovering open doors. There's four of them, four, open, four doors that can typically get opened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you guys want to know what the four doors are? Kind of dragging this out just an extra minute for Tao's sake. She'll be here any second. <laughs> She'll be like walking in. Oh, you guys are, haven't even worshipped yet. The four, I'll just tell you. The four doors are, I'll, I'll do the scariest one first, sexual sin. <laughs> sexual sin. That could be a whole spectrum of things, right? I mean, it could be just fantasy life. It could be a woman who loves to read those romance novels. And I took a peek at those before. There's some nasty stuff, and those things are like porn. It's like porn for women. It's, yeah, I mean, you've never read them probably, so thank God. Yeah. Her, her prince, prince Charming comes riding in on a white horse, long flowing hair. <laughs> anyway, okay. So sexual sin is one of the doors. Um, the occult, that's another obvious door, but it can get opened. It can get open through horoscopes. It can get open through um, what we've talked about, you know, watching those movies on the occult and stuff. You, know, you just kind of, it's not like you're opening a door saying, I want that information for my own benefit. It could just be entertaining yourself with things of the dark side. Um, so the occult, it could be anger, anger and hatred. That's one of, another one of the doors. And one of the easiest ones that we all end up opening oftentimes is the door of fear. Fear. Am I going to die? I have to wear that, that heart monitor for a week. You had to do that recently. I had to do it once. There's that fear. Like, am I going to have a heart attack in the next week? Am I going to drop dead? Is the doctor's result that I'm waiting for, is it cancer? Is it the bad kind? Um, is my, are my finances, you know, all the, just, it could be all kinds of things that can be, that brings fear into us. And one of the things that we like to, to go into a lot is, a saying a lot is, you know, any place in your life where you're not just like glistening with hope, that indicates that you're believing a lie in that area. It could be fear that's trying to come in, you know, that's, that's removing, that's taking the place of hope. Fear can come in. Um, you know, you have permission to be afraid of anything God is afraid of. So that kind of gives you the perspective shift. So, ah, so I'm afraid of things 
that I know God's not afraid of. So how do I get free from me being stuck in that fear or that hopelessness and pull out of it and get with God and take on his lack of fear, like no fear at all, which is love, perfect love casts out fear. So anyway, inner healing, there you go. We ready? Do it at the end. Okay. I can't skip. Oh, she, he can't skip. Okay, so we'll do it she now. Stand okay, stand up. We'll do our declaration. <laughs> hey, wait, so this is important. We don't do this just for, for the sake of oh, it's just recite. Right, exactly. There's something powerful when you declare with your mouth truth. When the truth of heaven comes into your thinking or comes before you, When, when the truth comes to us and we partner with the truth with our mouths, with our words, it pulls that heavenly truth into our earthly reality. There's just something about the way God wired us and designed us. God spoke creation into existence and he told us in the word that he created us in his image, in his likeness, and that the power of life and death is in our tongue. And we all know if you tell a child from the time they're little until they grow up and move out that they're stupid, you'll never be anything. Well, you're kind of shaping their thinking. There's power in your words. What you tell yourself is important. And what, what you agree with with God is important. So here we go. Well, you go ahead. You got it. Mm-hmm. You no, no, no. Okay. Follow me. Okay. okay. So here we go. I am powerful. And what I believe changes the world. So today, I declare that God is in a good mood. He loves me all the time. Nothing can separate me from his love. Jesus' blood paid for everything. I will tell nations of what he has done. I am important. How he made me is amazing. I was designed for worship. My mouth establishes praise to silence the enemy. Everywhere I go comes a perfect health zone. And with God, nothing is impossible. So, Father, we just we thank you that nothing's impossible, Father. God, we just posture ourselves tonight to receive from you. God, we want to bless you with our worship. And God, we just we open our hearts, God. We open our hearts for whatever you have for this evening. God, whether we need healing, um, God, if we just need to draw our hearts closer to you, Father. God, just have your way tonight, and we love you. Psalm 68, verse 3 says, But let all the righteous be glad. Yes, let them all rejoice in your presence and be carried away with gladness. Let them laugh and be radiant with joy. Let them sing their celebration songs for the coming of the cloud rider whose name is Yahweh. To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. 
the lonely, he makes part of a family. The prisoners he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our God, our holy God in his holy place. I just want to emphasize that verse 5. To the father, he is the father. To the fatherless, he is a father. And he sets the lonely into a family. Lord Jesus, you said... This is how you should pray. Our Father. Our Father in heaven. And so we come to you tonight, Father God, as we were just singing that song, Abba, Father, Daddy. We belong to you. We just say tonight, we are yours. If we do nothing else but just acknowledge that truth, that reality, that heavenly perspective that Jesus paid the price for on the cross, that we are your sons and your daughters. If we would just walk away with that reality tonight and walk into this, this coming week with that truth that you are our Father, you are our, our, our Abba, our Dad, our Papa, whatever that, that term is that we use for Father you're my dad. You are my dad. And you define our reality. You define, your thoughts about us define who we are. Not what the world says, not even what we think about ourselves when we look at ourselves in the mirror. Or when we ponder our mistakes and, and our failures and our weaknesses and the things that we don't have and we compare ourselves to others thinking that we are missing out on something because we don't have something. We just lay all of that down tonight. We just say, you are our dad. You are our father in Jesus' name. You are our dad. And you define us, your, your reality, your thoughts, your kingdom perspective, your, your perspective from the throne of heaven is what defines us. And we may not even know what that means or what that looks like, but tonight we just position ourselves before you as sons and daughters to receive your love, your affection, because there's nothing in the way. There's nothing hindering any longer. And we thank you, Jesus, our King, that you took away the obstacles, you took away the hindrance, you took away the sin and the shame, and it's by your blood we've been made clean. We've been made holy by the blood of Jesus. And we've been given this fresh access into your very throne room, into the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the hope of heaven breaking in in measures, more and more measures. And even tonight, God, I just say, let your spirit come. Holy Spirit, come. Let your kingdom come now. Every person in this room, God, I pray that your kingdom, your spirit would, would just, just descend upon their heart now. How I long for everyone in this room to just know your touch, know your presence, to know the weightiness 
of your reality, that you're really here, you're true, you're alive, and you actually come to live inside of us. So we just say we welcome you and we say, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. You know, uh, Tammy and I, you know, we were at a conference Friday and Saturday down in Bend, Oregon, and I'm not going to try to capsulize um, everything that we received, but we did receive an impartation. I felt like we, uh, what does that mean? Um, when people who are leaders in the body of Christ, not even leaders necessarily, but when, when people who carry the presence of God, um, they come and they carry different giftings, different strengths. When they come to a, a place of a gathering and they, they take what they've been given and they release it to people, there is what we call an impartation. You know, there is, when, it's, when the preaching's good, <laughs> not saying that it's good all the time, I wish it was, sorry kids, you had to hear it more than anybody. When the preaching is, is uh, flowing with the Spirit of God, there's an impartation. There's something that God rests on in words, and it goes from one person to another. There's an impartation when people lay hands on you. And so Tam... <clears throat> Tammy and I, excuse me, we received an impartation um, from personal people touching us, laying hands on us, praying for us, and we felt the presence of God really moving on us in a powerful way. Um, that might feel like different things to different people. You might feel um, heat on your body. You might feel just tingling waves of electricity. You might feel like this woman does shaking in her legs you know just you might start feel like you're shaking when the god is he's powerful he is a god of power you think electricity is powerful he's more powerful than electricity when his power comes upon us you oftentimes will sense it in a physical tangible way so we received an impartation um, through laying on of hands and through the the messages that were released we didn't necessarily have to comprehend and absorb and articulate everything that was taught but the words that were being released from these very powerful leaders in the body of Christ came at us and, and rested on us and, and they they became an impartation it became something that went into our spirit so sometimes they say sometimes there's more that is caught than taught it's good to be able to go back and listen to those teachings and I know I'm going to but we, we did receive an impartation, and we, we don't want it just for us. Like, we went away on this weekend thing, not just for Scott and Tammy to get refreshed. We actually wanted to receive an impartation to, to bring home, to give to our family, our church family. So we want to give that out tonight. Um, and I, I don't know how exactly that might look, but maybe if at some point when we finish up, we can just pray together, and we can just, I don't know if we can stand in a circle maybe and just put a hand on each other and we'll just release. Um, we did that actually last night. We turned to the person on your right and everyone turned on to the right and they just started calling out over the microphone. It was really wild and intense, but you could feel the power of God flowing through his people. And the woman that I was pray praying for, she turned around and says, I want your yes. She was 
sensing something in me, there's a yes that I have inside of me for the things of God. And she's like, say, I want your yes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can have it. Here it is. I don't, how does, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how I can give it away other than you can just put a hand on somebody and by faith, you're releasing what you're carrying. It's kind of like I'm a little teapot, short and stout. And I'm going <laughs> to tip me over. I'm going to pour some. I'm going to pour it over. Um, we've taught our, our family members, our, our, our children, you know, you can release the presence of God. We often say when you go into a place, go into a store, go into some place where there's something weird going on, we just say, turn your sprinkler on. I don't know where it's at. You know, they say out of your belly, rivers, not they, the scripture Jesus said, out of your innermost being or out of your belly, rivers of living, rivers, not just one river, but rivers, streams of living water would flow out of you, would flow from within you out. So you can go into a place where there's a spiritual atmosphere of dysfunction and weirdness, and you, be, you can begin to shift the atmosphere by what you release. We've often said that as sons and daughters of God, we are, we are thermostats. We are not thermometers. Now, sometimes we react like a thermometer, and we don't realize that what we're feeling is actually what's in the atmosphere around us. You're like, what is this funk that I'm walking into. Why, you know, why in the workplace are people just really weird today and like grouchy and, and you know, they just don't want to even smile or whatever it is. You might start to think, is it me? You know, you start to take that on, but you actually are a powerful person when you are a, a son or daughter of God because you carry the presence of Jesus within you. You carry him, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he wants to get out. Um, the, one of the teachers, the, one of the woman, women that taught, uh, her name is Kat Kerr, and we posted a picture on Facebook that we got with her. She's this older woman with pink hair, um, but she's very well known um, in a lot of different places because she's pretty uh, out there. Like she's bold and she speaks what she says she sees and hears in heaven. She just says it she, and she's not afraid. And she talked a lot about that anointing that you and I carry, that we can release it. She said that she's a seer, and sometimes she will go into places and she can see this green slime that people leave in places, like on a restaurant chair or, you know, in a hotel room. And she says the anointing of Jesus that she carries and that you and I carry is like fire. And it, all you have to do is just, in Jesus' name, just swipe it off, and it disintegrates. It burns like fire because the anointing, the, the oil, the presence of Jesus that you and I carry is like fire, and, and darkness does not like it. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Let your light so shine before all men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father, your Father in heaven. There's light coming out of you. There is Jesus coming out of you when you are his. Now, Kat also said there are layers, that the Holy Spirit has layers. And when you first get saved, you receive a layer of his presence. But there is more. Like you were saying, you want more of that. There is more. We received more this weekend. We want all of us to receive more 
I want so bad for every person in this room, especially, you know, I'm, I'm a little, you know, biased, uh, especially for my kids. I want my kids to have an encounter with the presence of Jesus bigger and more powerful than I've ever had. Like, I want them to be so rocked by the presence of God that they're just, they just can't wait to dive in to his presence. Um, and I believe that's going to happen more and more. I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot. I'm just saying this is, as a father, as a dad, that's my heart, is that my kids and our whole church would just be so on fire with the presence of God. The, the reality of heaven living inside of you, heaven that is Holy Spirit, living in you, and you having the ability to release him. What a powerful reputation a church could have if it produces an army, a family that's like an army that goes out of the building into the community and carries the presence of Jesus. That, that is so intimate, individuals, each one of us, so intimate with, with the Father, just like Jesus was intimate with the Father, spending time with him, getting to know him, being in, his, in the word of God, and having a relationship with God where you actually begin to hear his voice more and more clearly, just like you guys experienced with the Bethel students. That is available for each one of us. So imagine that, that army of people going out into the community that hear the voice of God, that speak the heart of the Father to the lost sons and daughters out there. And you might even carry a little bit of that lost son or daughter. I, we call it an orphan. There's, sometimes there's a little orphan. There's an orphan, Scotty, in here, a little guy named Scotty. He's an orphan. He just wants his dad to, to you know, put his arms around him as a little kid and, and just speak affection and, and affirmation over, you know, maybe all of us have those areas where we didn't get enough of that. I don't think you ever can get enough from your parents. Unless you're an only child, and no, even an only only child. Anyway, I think you guys hear what I'm saying. Um, intimacy, you know, just that place of intimacy, and He wants to pour more and more of Himself inside of you. Let's just read a couple of scriptures. Um, I, I did, you know, I mentioned the conference and that particular part of it. There was a lot of talk about intimacy, and uh, the theme of the conference was the seven mountains. Now, I believe that that is something that we as a church are going to be talking about more and more. The seven mountains is, it's, it's definitely a terminology that comes from the charismatic Christian world. And all it is, is a reference to the seven main spheres of influence or, or uh, mountains of society. You know, you have Religion or the church is one of the mountains. You have family, which is another mountain. You have uh, academics or education is another mountain. You have government as a mountain. You have arts and entertainment as a mountain. And business, business, uh, yeah, the business world, financial world. Those are all, I don't know if I counted seven of them or not. I, I can't always keep it straight, but there are seven main spheres of influence in our world. And the mountain of the church was never meant to just stay within this building, within the four walls of a building. God's plan was that you and I would come into a relationship with him and he would give you a new identity, that he would speak into your spirit, 
You are a son. You are a daughter. You are a daughter of God. He is the father to the fatherless, the husband to the widow. He sets the solitary, the lonely in a family. He wants to bring his orphaned-hearted children, lost children, into his family and give them a place at the table where you are now a son or a daughter. And not just a son or a daughter, but you are a royal son or daughter. You actually have royalty because Jesus Christ is our king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we carry a royal identity when God brings us into his family. We sang about it tonight from the story of the prodigal son. You know, he comes with a ring and a robe. He comes to take what is his and wrap it all around you. He wants to put his, his wealth, his, the inheritance that he has, all of, all of the riches of heaven that are available, and he wants to give us access to those things. But it's not just for us to, to play with here in, in a church building. It's actually for us to take and go to our sphere, our mountain that we're called to. See, not everybody's called to sit in a pulpit, sit in a pulpit, stand in front of a pulpit or a music stand, whatever, and be a preacher. Not everyone is called to be a pastor. Not everybody is an evangelist. Those are actually gifts that Jesus gave to the church, to us, his people, to equip us. Those were gifts, we call them offices. Uh, there's the apostle, there's a prophet, evangelists, and pastors and teachers, Ephesians 4.11. That five-fold ministry, we call it. They were given as gifts to the church to equip us to go and do the work of ministry in our sphere. So whether you're a teacher in the education system or you're, you're a mayor in government or a, or a president or whatever, or whatever it is that you're called to do, you're a baker and a creator of delicious pastries with super fattening frosting piled on top, but it's done with artisticness and finesse with a little sprinkle of glitter dust on the top. That's edible. You know, whatever you do, whatever you're called to do, whatever you put your hands to work at, God has chosen you to take the influence of heaven, to receive a blueprint from heaven of how to take the, the influence of the kingdom and bring it into earth through that gifting and through that calling on your life. But it all starts out with knowing who you are. If you walk into a relationship with God and you don't know that you're actually called by him, son, I don't look at you, daughter, <laughs> son, daughter, son, daughter, daughter. Yeah, that's your mom, but she's actually your sister in Christ. Isn't that kind of weird? Oscar's my son, but he's actually my brother in the Lord. Sister Nora. <laughs> now, we don't get weird and religious and call each other sister Nora and brother Scott, you know. You could do that, but that's, it, you don't have to. But it's the reality that we are, we are sons and daughters of God, and he is actually our father. I would encourage you to get used to that terminology of, no, more than terminology. Get used to that expression when you talk to God. Call him dad. Try it out. Call him dad. I promise you, he is the best father that any one of us could ever want. I'm not dishonoring earthly dads, okay? I love my dad. 
He's alive, he's healthy, and he's got his hands full. <laughs> but I need 24-7 access to the father of my spirit, the father of creation, the one who brought me into existence. He, he created me in my mom's womb. He knit me together, and he is the one who holds my destiny in his hands, and he is the one who I need to continually speak to me and affirm to me of who I am and what I'm called to do in this world and in this life. It's so important that we know our identity in Christ because everything flows out from that. And when we're so filled with him and with his love, then it's nothing to spill that love out to everyone that we come in contact with. And that can look different in so many different ways and settings, you know. Yeah. You know, all of the gifts of the Spirit, all of the, the good things God takes from heaven and um, shows you or gives to you through another person or personally between you and him when you're having an encounter with his presence, all of those gifts um, are, are meant to be a blessing to you and for you to, to bless others with. And when it's all flowing in that river of God's love, that's when it is most powerful. He wants to fill each one of us so much with his heart like his heart of love for people and for ourselves. Like you got to learn how to love yourself. I know that self-esteem is what put Jesus on the cross. I do believe that we overemphasize self-esteem. Like you can esteem yourself way too much, I think. But there is an unhealthy um, self-hatred that many people carry. So we need to know how to love ourselves the way God loves us. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you hate yourself, it's going to be really hard to love somebody else. If you don't take care of yourself in your own heart, how can you take care of somebody else in their heart? So we do need to know how God loves us, and you can only learn that and get that through intimacy and time with him. Um, but that's where it's all at. That's where it starts and ends is you and me, all of us individually having a personal walk with Jesus where we learn to, to hear his voice. You read it in the word of God. You read it in the scriptures. And then it, become, it begins to jump off the pages and become an actual voice that you hear by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And then you respond to his word by saying yes. Yes, I will. I will obey it. Because it's better to say yes to God and his word than to say no to him and go the opposite direction because in him there is life and there is joy, there is hope, there is peace, there is treasure, there is health, there is provision, finances, breakthroughs, miracles, forgiveness. There's so much that he gives us and offers us. And apart from him, all we have is empty things that never satisfy. Like you try to scratch that itch on the inside of your spirit and all the stuff, all the crap of the world can never satisfy. You may think, man, if I could just get that car, what kind of car, Ethan? What, a Maserati or a what? A Bugatti? <laughs> Whatever he said. That car, that probably has doors that flip up and stuff, you know, or I don't know. But they're really cool. Probably cost a couple hundred thousand. You may think, if I could just get that car, man, I would just be happy forever. 
But the reality is you get that thing and it, it's just like it, it loses its luster. It loses its, its glow. You get a new computer. You get, you get a, that stimulus check. It came, didn't it? And then it went fast. It's like, well, that was fleeting. Those treasures, those momentary things, you know, they, just, they don't last. But God, he is the source of everlasting life. And in that life is light and everything that we could ever need in life. Let's look at a scripture or two, then we'll kind of wrap things up. The, the idea that I, I felt to go into over the last couple of weeks would be this whole thing of sonship. And th- from that, to kind of just go into what does the word of God say about our identity? Like, who, who are we? Who are we to be in the world? We start out with sons, of, sons and daughters of God. <clears throat> so this is from, and I didn't know that song was going to be on that, that set. I didn't even listen to it. I just, we traveled, we, I was going to use something that was older, and I, I was like, oh, I really don't want to use that worship set, and so we got home, and I was like, yeah, there's a fresh worship set, and it had uh, Baldwin leading worship, and he's one of my favorite guys, we got the beard, and yeah, and Dante, and um, yeah, the other guy. Anyway, those worship leaders were really awesome, so we used it, I didn't even listen to it, I just clipped off the people talking at the end, and there we went, but that song, Abba. Um, I belong to you. That's exactly the heartbeat of what I felt God wants for us. He wants it for me, and I know if he wants it for me, if I know, if I'm hearing that he wants intimacy with me and that I would know him more and more as my daddy, as my father, I know he wants it for you guys. And I don't think it's a topic that we can ever wear out. So this is from Romans chapter 8. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Let's just pause on that for a second. You were given a Spirit. How many people in this room have said, yes to Jesus, come into my life? We'll work on those two over there. Okay, so you said yes to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 says, having believed, you received a seal, like a stamp. Not a, but a seal, a stamp. Not a, yeah, not a seal animal. You received a seal in your spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your salvation. That was that layer, number one. You received a layer. You received a person who actually came and did live inside of you. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he has one, well, more than one purpose, but he has one main goal, and that is to make you more and more into the image of Jesus. Make you and me more and more into the likeness of Christ. And he does that through intimacy with us. You getting to know his voice, you saying yes to him instead of no to the things that he's, he's like trying, you know, you feel that conviction, you know, your heart's pounding, you you know, you shouldn't do it, don't do that, you know, and, and then you're like, okay, okay, I know, I'll just, I'll obey you. We want to, we want to bring pleasure to God. We want to please him in all things. We want to make him smile. I think we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us we can. So he's, Paul said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you've been sealed. So we want to say yes to him. We want to obey him. So we didn't receive a spirit that makes us slaves. 
We're not just like slaves that, oh, we just have to obey because if we don't, he's just going to whip you. He's going he's gonna to punish you. He's going to stick you in a punishment prison. He's going to make you go stand on the corner and wear a dunce cap or whatever. You know, he's, that is not the God that we serve. And that is not the spirit that he gave us. The spirit he gave us does not make you a slave so that you live in fear again, fear of punishment. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Here's the definition of the word Abba. Abba is not a Greek word. It's an Aramaic word transliterated into Greek letters. Abba is the Aramaic word for father. It's also found in Mark 14.36 and Galatians 4.6. Abba is a word used for devotion, a term of endearment. This is why some have concluded that Abba could be translated as daddy or papa. It's hard to imagine a closer relationship to have with God than to call him Abba, our beloved Father. I really want to encourage myself and you guys to to just go there with him. That's the kind of intimacy. He said, those who want to inherit the kingdom have to come to the Father like little children. We need to come to him like his little kids. We need to learn to not be so grown up and mature that we can't crawl up on his lap in a spiritual sense and just snuggle into him and rest and put our, our ear against his, his heart and listen to his, his heart beating for, with affection for us, with his love for us. We all need that. Don't ever think that you're too old or too grown up to receive the Father's love like that. In fact, the more you learn to do that, it'll fill up your love tank. And the more time you spend with him in intimacy like that, you are going to carry his fragrance wherever you go. You don't spend time with him and then walk away not changed. It, it changes who you are. So the continuing that verse in Romans 8, says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, we won't go into what that all means about sharing in his sufferings, but one simple way of just going there without going deep into it is Jesus said, if anyone's going to follow me, he must pick up his cross and follow me. We have to pick up our own cross. We have to consider ourselves dead to the things of the world and alive unto him. It's basically, again, saying yes to him and no to the stuff that he wants you to say no to. And it's not all about no fun. It's not all about, oh, I can't go to movies. You can go to movies. You can, you know, if you're 21, you can have some alcohol if you can maintain it without getting drunk. There, there's freedom in Christ, but we are not to use our freedom as a license to sin. We don't want our freedom to get out of control where the enemy can then get a foothold and grab, get a hook into us. Does that make sense? So there's freedom. It's for freedom you've been set free, not set free in Christ to become 
religious and rigid and, oh, I, if I do anything wrong, he's going to be mad at me. It's, it's not about that. It's about being led by the Spirit of God, listening to his voice, obeying what he says to do as you listen to him. You okay over there? I thought you were going to pass out or something. Okay. <clears throat> so I think we'll wrap up with that. Yeah. But if we could... I wouldn't mind just spending some time um, just to pray for, for, I mean, I don't want just to be Tammy and I praying for you guys, but we just want to release what we were given. Um, and I feel like there's more. God wants to just release more of his heart to each one of us, more of those layers of his presence. So what do you think? How do you think we should do this? I'll put some music on. Yeah. I'll put a little, little uh, quiet music on. And is that cool? Can we do that? If you don't want prayer, okay, we're not going to force everyone to receive prayer from me, because. But I would like to lay hands on people. Uh oh, watch out! She's laid hands on me before, and it hurts, man. She can really punch hard. She's not going to hit you guys. It's just that's reserved for me. <laughs> and some of our children sometimes. So, yeah, just if, if, you, want, if you want prayer, you guys just kind of come close. Maybe just kind of line up close together. And uh, I'm going to put the music on. What, you know, the easiest way, this is what I do. This is probably what I did all weekend. Whether we were worshiping or listening, um, I didn't always have my hands out. But I just kind of, in worship, I often just put my hands out. I close my eyes. And I just... I position myself to receive. I don't always know if God's given me something. I don't always feel something. But I just trust. I just believe that he is releasing something to me to, to make me stronger in the spirit. So sometimes if you just put your hands out, um, and you know what I like to do is if someone has their hands out, I just like to put my, my hand on your hand, and just by faith, I just release what God has given to me. Freely I have received freely give you know and you can do the same thing over your children over their pillow before they go to bed at night you don't even have to be in the same house with them actually you know you can release the grace of God over people through prayer in fact we're called to do that Dale's dad needs healing in his body so we're going to actually when we pray for you too we're going to just release I say release we're going to by faith release in the spirit the holy spirit who has no distance between his dad and this room right here we're going to release in the holy spirit life and healing to his dad a good report 